Hello, this is Adam Homey, and I want to welcome you to today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. As the name says, our listeners are business creators, and they fall into four categories. You have your entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. You have marketing and business coaches. You have folks who help others build their business, such as virtual assistants, web designers, social media managers, publicity experts, marketing and business coaches who help their clients, anybody who helps others succeed at the game of marketing. And of course, do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses. The purpose of the Business Creators Radio Show is to let you know that you are not alone. You're part of a community. There are experts to help you. There are people who will help you succeed and win at the game of marketing. So if you are one or more of the above, be sure to explore our episodes and discover how our experts can help you win at business at businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to visit iTunes, do a search for Business Creators Radio Show, and check out and subscribe to our podcast. All five-star ratings are greatly appreciated and will help us spread the message further. Today, I'm extremely honored to have on as our guest, somebody who's not only somebody I've followed for several years, somebody who's been a coach, a business, and a mentor, and a client to me, but also a great friend, Jim Palmer, the newsletter guru. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm excellent. Thank you for having me on your show, Adam. Thanks for having me. And i got to tell you that you know, I have known Jim for seven years now, and I would not be in the place I am right now in terms of my business and in some cases my life without all the help and support that Jim has given me through all the years that he's been my coach and I participate in his various annual masterminds, and also just by following some of his products, some of his courses, and checking out some of the wisdom contained in some of his five published books. So for those of you who may not know Jim or may need a refresher, Jim Palmer is a marketing and business building expert and the host of both Newsletter Guru TV, which is a weekly internet TV station, and the Stick Like Glue radio podcast, which is one of the inspirations for the Business Creators Radio Show, in fact. He is known internationally as the Newsletter Guru, the go-to resource for maximizing the profitability of customer relationships. He's the founder and president of Custom Newsletters Incorporated, which is the parent company of two of his programs, No Hassle Newsletters and No Hassle Social Media in addition to the Newsletter Guru's concierge print mail-on-demand service and training courses such as the Magnetic Attraction and Retention Training Program, known as MARS, Success Advantage Publishing, the Double My Retention System, and, of course, that Newsletter Guru TV, Internet TV station, and the Stick Like Blue Radio podcast. He's the published author of five books, including Stop Waiting for It to Get Easier, Create Your Dream Business Now, which is now available on Amazon and on his website. So to learn more about Jim Palmer, of course, visit www.thenewsletterguru.com and check out his profile on businesscreatorsradioshow.com, and you'll see the links to his various social media. He's a very easy, accessible guy, and I'm sure he would love to connect with you and discuss things. So, Jim, are you ready? I am ready. Let's roll. (laughs) All right. Now, before we dive into the topic that we're going to cover today, which is about newsletter marketing and how to supercharge your repeat and referral customers. Let's take a step back and give our listeners a chance to get to know you a bit. Tell us just a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today, helping entrepreneurs and business owners experience the magic of newsletter marketing. 
Well, I was born in 1958, and no, I'm not going to go all the way that far back. You know, uh, 12 years ago, Adam, actually it's 12 years ago this month, I realized I was just last week when I was speaking in Nashville, and I, I, as I said it from the stage, a little bit of my bio, I realized it was 12 years ago this exact month when I started my first business, and, um, you know, that came after what I refer to as my season of crises. At 41 years old, I was suddenly without a job, and, you know, we, we, my wife was a stay-at-home mom to our four kids, and so it was kind of a traumatic situation. I was actually unemployed for 15 months, and, and in the middle of all that, if, if that wasn't stressful enough, I was diagnosed with cancer for the first time. And, and um, you know, in October, I just decided to uh, kind of get my life together and, and try and regain some control, and... Um, I started my first business, and uh, so that was kind of my, my official kind of relaunch. And then four years later, I decided that I had just grown a business for four years that was really not the right business to have because I was the chief cook and bottle washer. Well, I, I thought I was the president and CEO of Dynamic Communication. I was writing and designing <laughs> newsletters, meeting with the printers, overseeing client support. I was doing everything. And when I discovered that I couldn't even take a vacation because all business would cease, I realized I had the wrong business. And I spent the next year, as I, as I say, Adam, going back to school, and I must have read easily, I don't know, maybe 30 to 40 books, went to seminars, learned direct response marketing, discovered the Internet, all about that. And, and I discovered the power of leverage. And um, so I, I launched in 2006, I launched No Hassle Newsletters, and and that was just the start. And as as you listed, I have, I don't I don't know what the final n- number is now. Five or six different businesses right now. Um, right. But through the power through the power of leverage with some very talented um, um, people, including yourself, that that support me and my companies. You know, I have a much different business model today, where I can travel, do whatever I want to do, and and everything keeps going. You know, as far as the newsletter guru part, I learned that in. In that um, education, you know, I've been doing newsletters for over 30 years at that point in various companies and positions that I've held and <clears throat> doing marketing. And when I started in the newsletter business, I, you know, the, the first company was called Dynamic Communication. And, and as I said, I was, I was basically creating newsletters for different companies. And um, in, in that, that education, I learned something from a mentor of mine, Dan Kennedy, said the power of, uh, you know, being the go-to authority, the power of celeb- becoming a celebrity expert and things like that. And as soon as I read that, literally within a week's time, one of my current clients at my first business, um, the newsletter I created for him did, did really well. He got like three new clients from it. And he called me up and he goes, hey, Palmer, you're a newsletter guru. <laughs> <laughs> and that is exactly how that came up. I said, well, okay, I think that's a pretty good title. So I went with that. And uh, so for people who are, who are looking for a nugget of wisdom and all that, you basically don't wait for somebody to anoint you. You create your own expertise. And, you I mean, you do have to have a little bit to back it up. But you boldly, confidently, and continuously promote you know, your celebrity expertise. And then there's a number of things you can do. I'm sure we'll go into some of them. But that's kind of in a nutshell how, you know, how I got started in business and then how I transformed into the business I have today, how I became the newsletter guru. And I think that pretty much answers your question. Yeah, I think so pretty much. I think so pretty much. Here on the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help our entrepreneurial listeners quickly grow their businesses. Now, a lot of our listeners tell me And I experience this not only from our listeners, but people I speak with one-on-one on on the telephone. They're ready to get started. They understand the value of doing all the things that we share on this show and that you're going to share with us today. 
And they have pretty much everything they need to do it except time and money. Now, do you see this as an issue for your clients and customers as well? It is. And, you know, time and money is a challenge that every entrepreneur deals with. Um, one of the things, there's a number of strategies we can go into here. I know we're going to actually talk about kind of done-for-you services, but let me give you a little bit of, of uh, kind of some nuggets of wisdom, as I like to call it, on, on the time and money issue, because most entrepreneurs get really stuck uh, trying to do it all themselves, and that is a surefire right. recipe. To, it's, it's like dragging an anchor, you know, while you're swimming across the ocean. You're never going to get anywhere. So you need, first of all, you need what I call release. You need to release and understand and accept the fact that you cannot do it all. And despite the fact that whoever you hire is not going to do it as, as good or as fast or as inexpensively as you, your failure to release is going to continuously stunt your growth. So you need to, to hire and train and empower and then whenever appropriate reward good, talented people. And so, when you know, I've been traveling the last couple of weeks, as you know, doing speaking yeah. engagements and things like that. Um, and my business has continued to grow. One of the speaking engagements I did did really well. Had a number of quite a large number of people sign up for No Hassle Newsletter program. And you know, and the very next week I was out traveling again. And but everything is moving forward. My client support team is is taking care of the new members, and so everything is being done. And so you have to release. You have to let go. And you have to, you as the entrepreneur, as the owner of your business. The number one thing you need to focus on are what I call high revenue generating activities. And I can assure you that's not licking stamps, stuffing envelopes, or, or picking <laughs> up your own you know, dry cleaning or, or whatever you can hire somebody to do, whether it's $10 an hour or $30 an hour or $40 an hour. If you can hire somebody to do all these many, many, many mundane tasks and allow you to focus on high revenue generating activities, then you're going to grow. So that's kind of the time piece. Now, somebody may ask, well, what are high revenue generating activities? For me, it is marketing my business. It is creating videos every week, which are watched by thousands now. It's, it's my own podcast. It's putting out a newsletter every Tuesday to 17,000 small business owners. It is working with my coaching clients and helping them grow their business. Those are areas that, those are things that I spend time on because those produce a huge return for me. Everything else, kind of overseeing the membership and, you know, creating the newsletter templates, although I, I, do, I do, you know, kind of spot check and make sure those are done every month, but I'm not actually creating those. You know, I've trained somebody how to do that, and, and so they do that for me. And so you need to right. release, and you need to focus on high-revenue-generating activities. I'm quite sure I gave you an answer you weren't prepared for, and I don't even know if I answered the original question, but <laughs> you'll let me know that. Well, I think that's pretty close to the mark, and it is very true that we do need to release, and we do need to understand the power of what's frequently called leverage. The idea being that you really can't do it all yourself. You can't really lick your own stamps and put your own letters in the mail. What you really need to be focused on is the marketing behind those letters you put in the mail and how you monetize those and turn those into an effective business building tool for whatever it is that you do. And that's part of the purpose of having newsletter marketing as part of your strategy, which we'll cover in a minute here. Now, as I have studied your teachings over the years, in your fourth book, The Fastest Way to Hire Profits, there's something you said that really just reached out and grabbed me. Now, you said it there, and I've heard you say it several times since, since then. You talk a lot about the difference between what's known as a transaction and what's known as a customer. Now, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> 
You know, every business, whether you are a solo entrepreneur or whether you, have, you, know, <clears throat> you actually have a, a brick-and-mortar business, 10 employees, 1,000, every, everybody's business gets new customers the same way, whether it's some of your smart marketing that attracts them to your business or whether it's a current very happy client that re- sends you a referral. We all gain a customer the same way. It's by what I call an initial transaction. So when someone comes to you and you kind of do that, what I call the whole, the no like and trust dance, and you decide, okay, this is somebody that I, I trust and somebody that I think has some value. So I, as a customer, I'm going to give you some of my money. In other words, I'm going to either buy one of your products or I'm going to hire you to perform a service. And when that happens, Adam, a lot of small business owners will celebrate and say, yes, I've just got another new client. And the, and the very next thing they do is they go get another one because everybody wants to grow. Everybody wants to become more profitable. And the mistake a lot of small business owners make is they think that the fastest way to growth is actually by getting more new clients. And, but, you know, it takes longer, it's more expensive, and it, it's just flat-out harder to get more new customers than it is to what I call retain and therefore sell more to the customers you already have. So you don't celebrate transactions. What you want to celebrate are very strong, healthy, dependable, reliable, predictable, and profitable customer relationships. The money is in the relationships. So if everybody wants to add more profits to their business, what they need to do is develop stronger relationships with their customers because we know this for a fact. Customers, clients, and patients that are staying connected to your business longer by way of a very deliberate and methodical and strategic marketing effort to these clients, when that relationship is stronger, they will stay longer, which means they're going to buy more of your products and services, and they're also going to refer. I'll give you one example by a pretty small company you may have heard of called Disney. You know, never have I ever seen Disney put out a commercial, uh, which I call an acquisition commercial, which says, hey, you know, come to our parks, they're clean, we smile, you'll love the rides. You never (laughs) see that. All of the money that Disney spends in what they would call their marketing advertising budget is used to create a wow experience for their customers. All the money they spend is so that people are so darn impressed and so darn happy with their theme parks, they come back. Adam, did you know, listen to this, over 80% of the revenue that comes to Disney theme parks is repeat business. And the other 20% is mostly comes from people like family, friends, and people that these happy clients are referring. So as long as you spend money like they do, developing the relationship, giving them a wow experience, giving them a reason to come back, giving them a reason to spend more and refer more, you are going to have a growing business. And that is all. that is what I've been teaching for a long, long time. That is the strategy of retention versus acquisition. Very powerful, and I want to draw that out just to make sure everybody heard that. 80% of the business at Disney is from repeat customers. Is that what you said, 80% from repeat customers? Yep. That's pretty amazing. So they are, so 80% of their customers, four out of every five customers that walks in that theme park is somebody who has been there before or who has previously given money to the Walt Disney Corporation for one reason or another. That, my friends, is very powerful because when we look at the online marketing space and we look at online marketing strategies, we constantly hear this phrase, which really just grates my ears personally, is we've got to get more traffic to our website. Well, what does traffic to your website mean? Uh, it's great. You do need to have more visitors to your web pages 
all the time. You need to have visitors who are pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped, ready to take action. You need to have a website that's optimized to help them take the action you want them to take. And you do need to be acquiring new customers, new prospects, completing new transactions and serving them to make them into new customers. You do need to continually grow your list with fresh people on your list so that your message spreads and you have new opportunities to gain more prospects and customers. But you can't ignore the 80% of your business that are the people who are doing business with you right now. If you've done a good job for them before, when they need that job done again, it's easy for them to call you because you are either the person who has done an incredible job for them in the past, or in worst case scenarios, you're the devil they know. So you have to look at it that way as well. If they know somebody who needs somebody like you, they're going to refer you because they know you, they like you, they trust you, they've seen what you can do. So why would you ignore four-fifths of your business? I just don't understand why this gets given such short shrift all the time while we talk about traffic to our website, traffic to our website, traffic to our website, which to me is an incomplete term. My own business is based a lot on relationships, and we, truth be told, only have a handful of customers, but they're very big customers, and we've been very profitable and prosperous as a result of this. Now, let's take this whole driving traffic to your website thing to another level, because all the time, we, Jim, we hear about these push-button traffic strategies how to grow your business online. And I've been saying all along that no matter how many pandas, penguins, and now apparently calico cats, or whatever other animals Google unleashes on the market, there's one inbox they can never change the algorithms on no matter what they do. So tell us more about that. Well, I assume you're talking about the mailbox at the end of your driveway. Yes, I or, am. You know, in the lobby of your apartment, wherever you are. And, you know, here's yeah. the thing. And so, you know, your job, everybody's job as the owner of your business, your job is actually to be the chief marketer. You are the one that's going to market and grow your business. That's actually your number one job. Now, so as the chief marketer, your number one responsibility is to catch the attention of your customers, clients, and patients, and prospects. Now, what I tell people very often when I'm out speaking and they ask me about email newsletters versus versus uh, print and mail, hard copy, paper and ink newsletters, I say, well, listen, you know, just by way of example, I, you know, when I go out to my mailbox, I get on average about six to maybe ten pieces of mail a day, okay? When I, in my inbox, I'm well over 200, and a lot of that's spam, and, you know, it's making it even more difficult is the new Gmail with the multiple tabs and things like that. I'm right. generally looking in my primary you know, I do once a day kind of go see what the other things are, and I, I recognize that there are things that I want in that tab, but I'm almost never looking in there. So this is a whole other problem. But as a, as a marketer whose main responsibility is to grab the attention of the people you're trying to do business with, do you want to be one of 200 or do you want to be one of six or maybe ten? you know, during the day? And it's really, it's really a simple equation. The other thing, by the way, Adam, you know, and – and I always tell people, you know, I'm not a technical guru. I have people that, that uh, help me. And you're the one I usually speak of from the stage. But, you know, there used right. to be a time, and I've actually got to change my, my, uh, my script a little bit, but I usually say if you can get – I'm just going to use 20% for easy math. If you get a 20% deliverability in your, in your email inbox, you're a phenomenal rock star in Internet marketing. Yeah. Now, if, if you're a business that has – 1,000 customers, again, I'll use that number for easy math. If you've got 1,000 customers 
and you put out an, an e-zine, an electronic newsletter, because you say, I, I, I don't want to pay for printing and postage. I'm going to do a great job. It's a phenomenal-looking email newsletter. Bingo. I, I design it, create it, hit the go button. Do you know that 80% of your customers will never receive it? Now, what that means, if you're a newscaster and you're always presenting the negative point of view, you know, 80% are not receiving it, and only 20% are having it land in their inbox. That doesn't mean they're going to open it and read it. And so if you're not communicating with 80% of your clients, customers, and patients, that is a horrible situation to be in. Yeah. And, and, and you don't have to do that. I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you can send them a, a very simple two or four page it could even be black and white newsletter every month for less than a dollar a month including postage and you're going to build stronger relationships which is going to cause them to buy more and refer more I mean for goodness sakes why wouldn't you do that I think you're absolutely right about that what I tell people all the time is I get thousands of emails every day and there's no possible way I can read all that I have done studies of my own, and I have looked at other studies that have been created that show that, on average, if you send out your email newsletter, uh, Jim, I know you send out an e-zine every Tuesday morning. I send out one every Thursday afternoon. It's just a matter of whenever you do it. And you can get people used to seeing that e-zine. And if you're consistent with it and you do it every time, every week, every day that you promise you're going to do it, you will get an increasing open rate, which means more people will actually click on that email and open it, especially when the content of that e-zine or that e-newsletter is valuable and people recognize that when they open that, they're probably going to get something that helps their business. But all that said, and for all that effort, if you get a 10% open rate on your weekly e-zine, that is just absolutely mind-blowingly phenomenal according to many studies out there. And what I mean by open rate, this is when somebody – Somebody sends you an email, and it arrives in your inbox, and you click on it, and you open it. That's what's meant by an open rate. So you can have 17,000 people. Um, let's just do the math here. So if you have 17,000 people on your mailing list, for instance, and you shared the statistic that approximately 20% of those are likely to actually be seen in the recipient's inbox, whether they actually receive it and it doesn't go into spam or it doesn't get dropped in a promotions tab and they miss it or they just have so many emails coming through it gets pushed to the bottom they don't even know they got it. So 20% of 17,000 means you're only reaching or even getting that seen in the inboxes of 3,400, 3,400 out of 17,000 of your prospects. Now, let's go to that same 17,000 and let's look at what a 5% open rate means. And I just told you that 5% is very good. That means that 850 people out of your 17,000 actually click to open your weekly easing. Uh, many cases, people will delete it without reading it, even if they see it. And I've told people that when you send an easing persistently and consistently, this is another statistic I want to throw out before we go back to Jim here, is that on a good day, 10% of your people will open it, and on a good day, 10 people who are on your easing or email list will open 10% of the emails you send. Uh, Jim, I've got to tell you the truth. I don't open every single one of your e-zines, and you probably don't open every single one of mine. I know we're on each other's list because life gets in the way, or maybe we looked at the subject line and thought, well, this is not something I need right now. 100,000 different reasons. But the point being is if you're relying strictly on email marketing, you're really taking a gamble. Now, when you 
send something in the mail, your deliverability rate is more like 95 to 100% because with that very rare exception, almost everything arrives at its destination. I mean, you have your concierge print and mail newsletter service where people can actually go to you and have their newsletter printed, posted, and put in the mail. And would you tell me that there are only usually a few bounce backs for each you know, mailing that goes out? And by bounce back, I mean return address. Yeah, there's always going to be that. I mean, even the cleanest list is going to have a few addresses that are either bad or you get a you get some somebody like a Kramer on Seinfeld who dumps the mail, in, <laughs> or not Kramer, who's that other guy Newman who I know stores the mail in his uh, in his closet or something. I mean, there are there's always going to be some. But by and large, Adam, that newsletter is getting delivered and people are going to see it. Right, right, right. So we're so we're talking about upper 90s in terms of percentage-wise that arrives at the inbox. And the thing is, you may have 2,000 emails a day. You're probably not going to have 2,000 letters coming to your mailbox. I mean, even if you're like me and you check your postal mail maybe twice, three times a week, there still is not that much buildup. And if somebody sends you a newsletter, somebody sends you a postcard, it's really going to stand out. Uh, people ask me all the time who I know who's a good marketing copywriter, somebody who writes copy for sales pages or direct response pieces or what have you. And I can give you different names depending on what your market is or what have you, but I will tell you to consider two names all the time. Uh, no matter if I give you five referrals or I give you six referrals or I give you four referrals, whatever, there are always two names that are going to be on there. And Jim, do you want to guess why those two names will always make it on my list no matter what? Why? Go ahead. Because every month... Kevin Donlin of uh, Client Cloning System sends me this envelope, and I open it up, and there's a one-page newsletter that has a great tip on newsletter marketing or copywriting or online marketing or something having to do with growing your business. Uh, so he sends me a physical newsletter in the mail, and it's a, it's a one-page or 8.5 by 11, folded in half, and it's got some sort of great value in it. Uh, you have Michelle P.W., who every month sends me a postcard with copywriting tips on it, and it usually has a picture of her with her dog. These names stand out because they stand out in my physical mailbox. No other copywriter is doing that, just those two, but at least hmm. that are in my orbit. Cool. So they're always top of mind, top of awareness, just because I get those newsletters in the mail on a regular business. Now, I want to, we're about halfway through here, and I want to kind of change the direction of this just a little bit because, you know, we watch the news and we see what's going on sometimes even in our Facebook news feeds, which for some of us has taken the place of network news. And what we see is a lot of uncertainty about the economy worldwide. And there's a lot of fear out there about government shutdowns, health care plans, and what's going on in the global economy, and just you name it. It's just doesn't feel like a very stable, very friendly situation. Now, I think that some folks may be listening to what we're saying today about take your marketing to the next level and start sending people a printed newsletter, uh, focus on your existing customers as opposed to just driving traffic, driving traffic, driving traffic, and they may be scared to try some of these strategies because to them they may be something new. What are your thoughts about that? You know, it, it, well, Actually, Adam, that is exactly why I wrote my latest book, Stop Waiting For It to Get Easier, Create Your Dream Business Now. You know, interesting, right. interesting uh, little tidbit. This happened back in, um, 
I think it was in April, because I wrote the book in a, just a little over five months. But in April, there was about a three-day period. You know, I, I, I have uh, interviews like this and coaching calls usually ganged up on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So over a three-day period, I must have either been asked by somebody on a show or, or a coaching client asked me, I'm thinking of doing this. I'm thinking of launching that. I'm thinking of creating a new business or product or something. It's, you know, and it was basically, when do you think the time is right to do that? Or, you know, because I can, I can tell without asking them. They're probably watching too much news. But I, my answer was consistently, stop waiting for it to get easier. I mean, do it now. And basically, that became the title of my book. And I, and I actually thought to myself, I think, that week, and I said, man, that, th- there's a message there. I, I must have said that six times this week. There's a message there that people need to hear. And so... I did a little quick research, Adam, and I found, and I go all the way back, in a, and by the way, this is not a history book, but literally in a couple pages in the, at the beginning of the book, I take people back to the huge number of successful entrepreneurs, millionaires, billionaires, huge brands that were all started during either recessionary or depressionary times, going back to the 1900s, and I think I touch on almost every decade or every other decade all the way up into current modern day times about people that have started businesses you know most businesses most successful businesses are created because there's a need and there's a service or some there's something that needs to be addressed some sort of solution and if you think about it when in quite the opposite if you want to start a business when times are good that may not be the best time I'm not saying it's a hundred percent but what happens when the economy is bad if, especially if you're in a B2B market. And so if, you're, if you deal with a lot of entrepreneurs and small, businesses, small business owners like we both do, when they get scared, they're looking for answers. They're looking for solutions. And if you are someone they deem has some good knowledge, some good information and can help them, even when times are bad, they're going to engage your services. If you think of the same group of people, Adam, the same entrepreneurs and small business owners, when – you know, in like the early 90s or even 10 years ago when, you know, money was evidently rolling uphill and all you had to do is put your hand out and grab some, they're not necessarily <laughs> looking for people to, you know, help my business, help me grow, help me get more traffic, help me get more clients. You know, when, when money is good, people aren't necessarily looking for solutions. They're just rolling along. So it, it, it's a good time to launch a business if you're going to solve a problem and, and, you know, and provide value. What I always say is if you provide immense value wrapped up with world-class service, you are going to have a successful business. I agree with that entirely, and I do want to make that point, too. You're talking about how things were five or six years ago versus how things are today. I experienced that earlier this year. I remember back in 2008, I had five banks competing to give my business a small business loan. I mean, they were beating down my door. Uh, They were sending their reps to show up at my apartment with paperwork. I mean, it was just crazy. I I mean, I could have had all the money for the taking. And then I paid off that loan successfully, every payment on time. Uh, The credit for both the business and the personal here is excellent. And it's been an uphill battle to reconsolidate again, even though all that is excellent, because that is just how much the economy has changed. Uh, People in today's day and age will look for a reason not to help you. They will look for some sort of technicality upon which they can say you don't qualify, or you don't measure up, or this is not viable. So 
you can wait for things to get easier, but how do you know they ever will get easier? I'd like to address that question a little bit. I mean, how do you really know that something is ever going to really get any easier? Do you have any thoughts on that? Because, I mean, we can say, well, just wait for the economy to turn up, but it's been five years since the the bubble burst, and I haven't seen any big news about uh, economic resurgence. Have you? Now, and first of all, you know, you know, in, in the mastermind program that you're part of, I have a slogan: "Create your own economic boom." And you know, right. there, there's absolutely no reason an entrepreneur who has who has the ability to deliver to deliver value with wrapped up with world class service cannot have a growing business. I've had some of the obviously the last three to five years have been tremendous in my business in the midst of a crappy economy because I always focus on how to deliver value and more value to my clients, the people you know who are in my programs, my membership programs, my coaching clients. I'm always looking out for how can I provide more value. And people are drawn to that, you know. And as far as the what you asked me about stop waiting, you know, I learned 12 years ago when, when, the, when I got that god-awful call that I had cancer, you know, life can be short. Life can turn on a dime. And, you know, it, it just seems like yesterday, you know, Stephanie gave birth to our twin girls. They're both 25 married, and one of them made me a grandfather seven months ago. I mean, life yeah. goes by in a heartbeat. And so the, you really need to stop waiting and, and because it never does get easier. And I would also say this. The, I've, I've learned that the older I get, and I'm sure that I'm not unique in this way, the, the older I get, I, I tend to get a little more, I'll say, conservative in some of my decision-making. And what happens is when you grow a business and it starts to grow, um, when you're first starting out and you're just full of, I hope I can say this, piss and vinegar, if you will. In other words, you got all the, 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 the you know, you're, you're just full of enthusiasm and, and, you know, Katie bar the door, as they say, I'm going to do this and it's going to be great. But when you start becoming a little more mature in, in your business growth or the cycle of your business, maybe you have uh, employees, so you have more payroll. In other words, you have responsibilities now. You get, Adam, a little less um, willing to take risk. And I think that yes. can be both good and bad. But, you know, if you think about the people who have grown dramatically, they are risk takers. Wealth rewards risk and wealth rewards speed. So you need to take a risk and you need to, you know, get out there and implement quickly. And so it never gets easier. In fact, I guess the I would say the opposite is true. The older you get, the more time that goes by, the less likely you are to really do what you need to do to, to grow your business. People warned me when I was 22 years old and I graduated from Penn State and I didn't immediately go straight to law school or straight to an MBA program. They tried to warn me that my skills were going to go dull and I was going to fall into the rut of some kind of uh, dead-end nine-to-five job and if I didn't quote-unquote strike while the iron is hot, that I was doomed. I came out of college and uh, my original plan was I was going to go to law school, but then I looked into it further, and right around the time I graduated from Penn State, I decided that was about the last thing I wanted to do with my life. Uh, no disrespect towards attorneys. We have clients who are attorneys, and I admire the work attorneys do. It just wasn't for me, I discovered. So here I am. I just graduated from college with a political science degree, and I didn't have a um, – I didn't really have a clue what I was going to do with my life. So what did happen for a year or two is I did bounce between a couple different dead-end jobs wondering, you know, what's it about? What are we here for? These are questions that I was asking. And the inspiration to move forward came to me in a slightly different way. For a while, I was working as a recruiter 
for a temporary staffing agency. And one of our sources of applicants uh, for people to do internships and people to work part-time jobs in Fortune 500 companies, uh, I had a connection who was the uh, professor of human resources at Duquesne University. Uh, his name is Dr. Jay Leibowitz. It's where I ultimately got my MBA. And I just thought one day to ask him, uh, you know, what are the thoughts about me becoming an MBA student? I graduated from Penn State two years ago, and, and I mean, am I sunk here? And he said, no, you're not sunk. In fact, you're exactly what we're looking for. You're somebody who went to college and then went out in the world for a couple years, so you understand the difference between what they teach you in undergrad and what actually happens in the real world, and now you're going to come to us, and we're going to show you how to make it better. So don't ever discount uh, the possibilities that might be right in front of you, and don't ever let anybody tell you that you're not qualified or that you don't measure up, because that's just one person's opinion, and everybody has an opinion, and there's other things that everybody else has one of two as well. So, um, so what I'd like to do here is I'd like to bring this back a little bit to newsletters, and I'm sure with NoHassleNewsletters.com, the program has been in place for all these years now, and you have hundreds of members of this program, some of whom have been with you three, four, and five years. Uh, how, do you have any case studies that show the effectiveness of newsletter marketing? Because we want to give our people reasons why they should consider this as a strategy. I absolutely can do that. With your permission as the host, I want to give you, because we were just talking about the stop waiting and, and kind of things like that, can I give you maybe like a four, you and your listeners, a four-step uh, kind of a process that they should do if they're thinking of either starting a business or, or looking to grow their current business? Would that be all right, or do you want to circle back for that? That would be, that would be excellent. Then we'll circle back to the newsletters, and there's another thing I want to talk about, about newsletters and how newsletters can be a business creation tool as well. So let's start awesome. with the four steps. All right, so here, if you're thinking of starting a business or you know, growing the business you already have, launching a new product, and you're wondering when should I do it, Obviously, I think you should stop waiting for it to get easier and do it now. But here are, here are four things that I think you can do, and I think this would be very helpful to kind of get you out of that quagmire of, of just wondering and, and kind of hand-wringing, so to, so to speak. So the first thing I want you to do is do as much research on possible that you can do on your vision or your idea or your passion. And I don't mean when I say do as much research as possible, don't go into 30 or 60 or 90 days. I mean, mm -hmm. spend two days. I mean, go, go somewhere, go to Google or something like that and, and you know, do, use their search tool, their keyword tool, see how many people are searching for whatever the, the service or the solution that you want to put forth. Make sure, because you always hear out and people say, as long as you're passionate about it, do your passion and the money will follow. Well, I think passion is important, but I've got to tell you, you know, if you're passionate about, you know, manicuring your lawn or something like that, I don't know that there's going to be enough of a market for people who are also passionate about manicuring your lawn, so you're going to go out there and make a business out of it. I mean, you could put whatever example you want that you, you are very passionate about something, but you have to make sure there's a need. You know what I mean? Uh, I, right. I forget who actually said it, but he's, it was kind of a trick question. In other words, if you want to open a restaurant, would you rather have, if you could pick one of these, would you rather have the best location? Would you rather have the best chef? 
or the best staff and you know and, and service and, and so what most people choose best location some people choose best chef and the correct answer is you need a starving hungry crowd because if there's not enough people hungry for what you're going to serve you could have the best of everything and you're still not going to be a success so there has to be a starving hungry crowd for what you want to do the second thing I want you to do is to consider hiring a coach and or joining a mastermind you could do either or but you're going to be much better if you do both because and trust me both of these are going to feel like it's putting the cart before the horse that's a normal reaction but what it's going to do is accelerate your growth when you work with a coach and or a mastermind and therefore you're working with other smart entrepreneurs and they're giving you not only ideas and strategies but they're holding you accountable that is going to make you perform and do things that you might not otherwise do if nobody else is holding your feet to the fire a good coach right. and or mastermind group will shortcut the, the, your your path to success because every entrepreneur is going to make mistakes. I still make, I put out my fifth book and don't you know I bought the wrong uh, barcode on the back. It was a hundred fifty dollar mistake. It's just an example. We're always making errors in the way we run our business. But when you're working with a coach or in a mastermind group, it severely shortcuts you know the number of mistakes. So it's going to get you there quicker and it's also going to save you money. And I think the, the third thing, Adam, is get on a steady diet of information and success training. Kevin Harrington from the Shark Tank um, wrote the forward to my books. I was very honored and blessed to have that. And he says, um, Kevin said, you need to have a, a, an insatiable curiosity. Every entrepreneur needs to be curious to the extreme. What's this? What can I learn here? What's a new strategy? Or what can I do? What's one little thing that's going to move my business forward? So, you know, if, you, if there's an expression, rich people have big libraries and poor people have big TVs. You want to be somebody who reads and learns and, and implements and constantly is looking to better yourself. And the final thing is you want to be in action. You know, the first step is always the hardest, um, but nothing helps alleviate fear like being in action. And if you, if you set yourself a big goal, I was coaching somebody this morning who's writing a book and it's, just, it's becoming an overwhelming thing. I said, don't sit down and think you're going to finish your book. Finish your chapter. Finish the paragraph. Whatever it is, be in action. Do something that's going to move the business forward. So those are four things that I think if you're kind of in a you know, thought process or quagmire, those are four things that I think you can do um, to move your business forward. Okay. And I think that's very important. And, what, and one of the trends I pull out that I heard you say again and again is this idea of don't get stuck in analysis paralysis. And I heard somebody else say this yesterday, uh, don't spend too much time planning to plan. Figure out what work, works best for you and move forward. And I know so many people that have a book in them but they think that writing a book is this huge, major thing. And you, in the meantime, have managed to write and publish five very popular books while running two or three successful businesses and having the Internet TV show and having the weekly podcast. So if you can do it, uh, certainly our listeners can do this as well. So what I want to do now is staying with the <laughs> theme of this interview. Yeah, I got I, hey, Adam, I got I got it. I got it. You know, when you said, uh, if you can do it, anybody can do it, I thought you might want to change, change the way you said that. That just struck me as funny. Just oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know, I, know, I, know, I know what you mean. I'm thinking of the you here. So, uh, so what I want to do now is I want to bring this back to uh, uh, the newsletter marketing piece. And uh, if you have any case studies on this, because I think our listeners want to understand 
where the ROI in, is in this and why they want to take the time to create a printed newsletter and put it in the mail because, after all, this is another step in their business. You know, here's the thing, and this is one thing I, I teach all the time. Marketing is only an expense to your business if it fails to produce a return. Okay, so marketing or, or advertising, you know, if you, think of the, if you think of your profit and loss statement in, in your business, at the top you have your gross revenue, and then you subtract, the second line is less than any cost of goods sold, and then you have gross revenue or gross profit. And right below that you have all the other lines, for instance, rent, payroll, salary, advertising, all the other things. Those are the expenses, and below that you've got your, your net profit. So when right. you think of investing in your business, and I do use that word specifically, when you invest in the future growth of your, and profitability of your business, you're doing so um, strategically and smartly. So when you invest in a marketing program, such as a newsletter, which is actually, you know, what I want you to invest in is a client retention strategy. See, the goal is to increase your profits by selling more of your goods and services. The strategy that I believe works the best, which I believe is the fastest way to hire profits, is one of client retention, developing stronger relationships with the customers you have. The best tool for that is newsletters. So that's the best tool for developing stronger relationships. Now, when you invest okay. in a newsletter program, um, what you're doing is you're investing, and let's just use for round numbers, let's say you're going to invest a $1 a month for printing and postage per customer. So if you have 500 clients, you're going to invest $500 a month. That $500 is not an expense to the business. It's only going to be an expense and therefore reduce your profits if it fails to produce a return. But if you mail that newsletter for $500 and it generates some additional sales by way of repeat sales or it gets you a new referral and therefore maybe it generates 1000 or 1500 5000 you don't know, if it generates new revenue, let's say it generates $5,000 in new revenue, you, have, you take that $5,000 less the $500 it costs you to print and mail those newsletters, you generated $4,500 in new revenue. And so, yes, it is, a, it is an expense to the business, but only to the degree that it doesn't produce new revenue, okay? Um, right. So that, that is the strategy. Now, as far as a case study, gosh, you know, we've got hundreds of clients in actually nine different countries using no-hassle newsletters, and we cover the, the gambit on, on industries. There's not an industry on the planet that can't, can't benefit big time from a, a, a newsletter. Um, I'll give you one. One just popped into my head. So I was speaking in Orange County, California about three years ago, four years ago, and a gentleman named Stuart was in the audience, and um, Stuart is in the hearing aid business. He's an audiologist. And so he came up and joined No Hassle Newsletters, my platinum program, and he said, you know, we've, we've, we've used newsletters in the past. I do believe they work, but, you know, quite frankly, it was stopping and starting. We never had the time to do it. We're always searching for content, and so it just never went anywhere, so he started. About six months later, Stuart said, I'm, I, this is going gangbusters. It's doing great. Uh, in Stuart's business, by the way, they have something called, um, let's see, i got to write it down, test, no, it's called a TNP, test, no purchase. And so if somebody comes in to have their hearing tested, and even if it, the doctor or the audiologist says, yes, you should have a hearing aid, but they don't buy one, that's called a test, no purchase. And I said, Stuart, make sure that you're going to mail a newsletter to every TNP. And so, and why would you do that? Because 
Folks, people buy when they're ready to buy. Now, if you are told one day you need a hearing aid, I got to tell you, I have about 40% hearing loss in my left ear from my rock and roll days. If if <laughs> if someone told me I need a hearing aid, and I do believe I need one, but I got to tell you, I'm vain. I'm not ready to wear a hearing aid. I fully admit it. I don't want to have a hearing aid. But there's going to be some day when I, you know, I ask Stephanie, "What did you say?" and she's going to give me a look that says, "Get to the hearing aid store now." Someday <laughs> that's going to happen, right? So people buy when they're ready to buy. Therefore, your job as the entrepreneur and chief marketer of your business, you want to be top of mind. You want to be in front of those people, your customers, clients, and patients, and prospects as much as possible so when they're ready to buy or when they're ready to refer, they think of you. So just to, to, so Stuart started doing really well, and it's, it became a real profit center for his business. And it went so well, Adam, and, and you know this, but it went so well, yeah. he had a number of his competitors and friends in the business say, golly, what are you doing? He says, well, the biggest thing I'm doing is my, my monthly newsletter. And he actually became a master reseller and started reselling the newsletter templates, and he created a second business for himself. I mean, that's just one case study out of, out of many. Okay, yeah, and I, and I remember Stuart. I know Stuart, and I remember that case very well. And one point I want to make in terms of newsletter marketing, it has to do with how we convert our visitors into prospects and our prospects into customers. Your best future customers may need, no, they may need you. They may know that they need you, but they don't necessarily need you right now. Like let's say, for instance, you're a personal injury attorney. You're probably not going to – Need, you know, clients are probably not going to need your services unless they've been personally injured. Now, let's flip that the other way so I can tell the analogy a little bit differently. Uh, you will probably not need a medical malpractice attorney unless you feel that you've been to a doctor or a hospital and something that they did caused more harm than good and has caused you some sort of grievous bodily harm or emotional damage, and you may need to seek some sort of restitution for it. However, when you're in that situation where you need a personal injury attorney or you need a medical malpractice attorney, that's going to be kind of a shock situation, and you're not going to really have a whole lot of time to do months and months of research and look at testimonials and case studies and track records. Basically, you need a personal injury attorney or a medical malpractice attorney who you can know, like, and trust. And you will know, like, and trust them faster when you can easily look them up online and see all kinds of expertise and wisdom from them. Uh, Jim, you and I both know Jerry Ojinski, uh, who's a medical malpractice attorney and also uh, is the founder of the Lawyer's Video Studio. Yep. He does... I, I swear it's every day, although it may be a few times a week, but it feels like every single day. He puts out another video where he addresses a very common concern that people face when they are in need of a medical malpractice attorney, everything from how to select a medical malpractice attorney, things that may come up during the process, and much more. I know if I ever needed a medical malpractice attorney, I, you know, Jerry would be my first call, and if he couldn't help me, the next question I would ask Jerry would be, what do you think the next question would be if I asked, that I would ask Jerry if he was unable to take my case? Who can you refer me to? Who can you refer me to? And who do you think he's going to refer me to? Where do you think he's going to get those names? Probably from his, his clients or subscribers or clients that, he, that use his services. That is one way, but another way he may find, he may, may find a place to refer me is by looking at, 
other medical malpractice attorneys he's familiar with. Now, he's probably familiar with just about all of them because they either are his clients or they could be his clients. So chances are he knows all the medical malpractice attorneys out there. So I could tell him any sitting, he probably knows somebody. But the fact is he probably knows a lot of them because he was able to find them himself. And those are also the medical malpractice attorneys. If they're his clients, that means that they themselves are positioning themselves as thought leaders and making it easier to be found, known, liked, and trusted. So having a regular newsletter is one way to do that. Now, we have about eight minutes left here, and one thing I want to cover real quickly is you also have a, a method that our business creators can use, whether they're virtual assistants or whether they're marketing coaches or whether they handle the overall marketing piece for their clients, you have a solution, actually two different solutions, that they can use to help them generate more return on investment for their customers. I believe these are called reseller programs. I'd like to, if you could just take a couple minutes and tell us about those, because I'd like to make our listeners aware of done-for-them opportunities that can really help them get more out of what they're doing. Yeah, well, thank you for asking. You know, we, we not only do we have our, our most popular program with um, No Hassle News, that is called our Platinum Newsletter Marketing System, but we also created uh, about four years ago what's called a Master Reseller Program because there are, there are coaches and consultants, virtual assistants. In other words, anybody that has their own list of customers that regularly seek their advice or wisdom on, you know, marketing or anything like that. And so if you're good, if you're a good marketing coach, you should be suggesting to your clients that they do spend more time on retention and perhaps even use a, a monthly print newsletter. And so we created this program, Adam, for, to help those people. Instead of just recommending a newsletter and knowing that your clients are not going to do it, um, you can actually be a good service provider. And so not only helps your clients get their newsletter done and helps them grow their business, but it actually creates a nice new revenue stream for your business. Um, so our master reseller program gives you the legal right to resell all of our done-for-you templates, I think we're about 10 or 12 of them for specific industries and plus templates, black and white, color, two and four page that can be used in any industry. But you can take our content, our templates, and resell it to your customers for prices you choose. So as I said, it creates a new revenue stream for your business and it, it keeps your customers happy so they're actually staying connected with you longer. And, um, you know, our other program is called No Hassle Social Media, and that is a done-for-you uh, content program which provides articles, blog posts, LinkedIn updates, Twitter tweets, even some video scripts that our members can use. And it's only a $47 a month program for a ton of content that we create every month. But we have a master reseller program for that, which is only $297 a month. And so, again, you can take all that content if you're a coach or advisor or virtual assistant that helps your clients with, with uh, social media, you can become a master reseller and actually use our stuff. So in other words, we're kind of your back end. You, we're, you, we're your writers and designers, and we're just giving you everything you need to help your customers do better business and, again, create a nice revenue stream for yourself. Right. What's very nice about your reseller programs, uh, again, I am very willing to toot your horn for you here just a little bit uh, because you, know, you and I have worked closely together for so many years and I'm so intimately familiar with what you do with your reseller programs is it literally is just that. You have access to all the articles, all the templates, all the 
status updates or what have you, and you can use those for your own clients. And very quickly, I know that when people look at your reseller programs or look at any type of reseller program, no matter what it is and what industry it is, uh, there's one point I want to make, and I want our listeners to hear this. One of the objections is that, well, isn't that content being used by like 20 other people? Well, here's the thing. If you are participating as a reseller of No Hassle Newsletters, for instance, uh, you can pretty much take it to the bank that if you have one client in a certain town and they're in a certain niche, they're probably the only ones that are really going to step up and take this level of action because very few people are at the point where they're ready to stop waiting. It's just very unfortunate, but that also can work in your favor because you can make the decision right now to become a trailblazer. So you can make the decision now that instead of just looking at driving more traffic to your website, you can focus more on how you more effectively serve the customers you already have, how you can get more repeat and referral businesses, and how, or, or customers rather, for your business, and how you can dominate the one inbox that Google can never mess with. That's very well said. And, you know, it, in yes. fairness, it's a common question. I, get, I got it when I was speaking to a couple hundred podiatrists, and I said, listen, I doubt that – because there are some podiatrists that were from the same town or same kind of training area, so to speak. I said, I, I doubt very seriously there's any one patient that is seeing all two of you or all three of you. You know, we right. don't do that. I mean, I have, I have one dry cleaner. I have one doctor. I have, you know, I certainly have one oncologist, and I have one – you know, a doctor that I see regularly for my checkups, I don't go to multiple. So the chances of, of getting the same newsletter from multiple people, it just doesn't happen. That's very, that's very true. I mean, uh, and, I, and, I, and I've seen I mean, some of your resellers are also clients of mine or friends of mine, and I've seen that uh, they will have concierge orders come in, you know, printing and postage for their newsletter clients, and they'll have lists of maybe 200 300 people, because generally speaking, you're going to mail your newsletter to your best prospects and your best customers, because they're the ones that are going to get you the most repeat and referral business. You're not necessarily going to get into a situation where you're going to have like 17,000 people on your mailing list, particularly if you're in a local business. So it is very economical when it comes to your cost structure. So Jim, I, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. And before we end this episode here, I just want to ask how can people connect with you to get more information and assistance on these and any other matters? Well, first of all, connect with me on social media. I'm, I'm, I'm very big. Just go to Facebook and type in Jim Palmer, the newsletter guru. Um, I'm kind of maxed out on the 5,000 friend limit, but you, you know, you can um, like uh, my, my fan page, so to speak. They are exactly the same. I don't do different things. If I post one to one, I post it to the other, so they're exactly the same. So don't feel like anybody's, oh, I would rather be a friend. So just right. go to Jim Palmer, the newsletter guru at Facebook. Um, I'm all over LinkedIn too, and you know, basically, you know, as, as you know all too well, Adam, I have multiple websites. The best one to go yeah. to is thenewsletterguru.com, www.thenewsletterguru.com, and that's kind of my home base. That's where my blog is. You can find links to the TV show, to the podcast, all my books, and all my products. So, thenewslettergurucom is a great place to go, and. Um, you know, I, I post uh, success tips, marketing tips, all kinds of advice all over social media all week long. And, and if you get on my um, list, i got some great uh, prizes for it. I think I give you the first two chapters of at least three of my books and some other reports for opting on my list. And then, again, you'll start getting my weekly newsletter and things like that. 
Great. And for everybody listening, I also want to point out GetJimPalmer.com, which is the weekly podcast, which is also one of the inspirations for the Business Creators Radio Show, and NewsletterGuru.tv, which is the weekly Internet TV station. So Jim Palmer, the Newsletter Guru, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure, Adam. Thanks a lot, and I love your show. Congratulations on it. Thank you very much. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Be sure to tune in for our upcoming episodes at businesscreatorsradioshow.com and also search for Business Creators Radio Show on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. All five-star ratings are highly appreciated and will help us spread our message further and help you get more out of your marketing efforts. So again, thank you very much for being with us and join us next week. Take care.